somebody posted online recently that this present moment, this pandemic is functioning in our lives a little bit like the radioactive agent that doctors in, or nurses inject in patients before they go for an MRI. You know, the thing that allows the doctor to see what is wrong in the patient's body. I think they said the pandemic is doing that for us. It is allowing us to see things in our hearts and in our lives and in our systems that we couldn't or wouldn't see before. I think that's right. I think that some of us are seeing things about our hearts that we either couldn't or wouldn't see before, that we didn't know were there, but are being exposed in this present moment. And I think it's happening both negatively and positively. And, and what I mean by negatively is it's being exposed by some of our negative experiences. The, for example, the fears that emerge in this present moment, whether it's anxiety about health and, and the present, or whether it's anxiety about our future and our finances, um, or sadness that settles in because of our aloneness or because of the heavy, heaviness of this moment. For me, I'm discovering a fear of failure that I hadn't anticipated, that as we all discover new ways of being, I'm trying to discover, as many of you are, and a new way of being a husband to a healthcare worker and a parent to kids who are at home and an educator, trying to figure out how to be a, a preacher in a new kind of way, a pastor in a new kind of way, a friend in a new kind of way, a student in a new kind of way. And there's this gnawing fear that I'm not going to be able to rise to the moment. Like some of us are seeing vices emerge in our lives, maybe that surprise us in the ways that we treat people that we love, people that we live with, knowing that we're not treating the people that we love the way they deserve to be treated. Maybe the way you've reached for food or drink to eat or drink your feelings more than you thought you would. For me, in our home, we're noticing and having conversations about the role that devices are starting to play in trying to keep the peace and in trying to pass by what can be long and sometimes boring days. I don't like the role that devices are coming to play in my life and in the lives of my kids. But I think it's true positively as well that we're seeing in, in what we hope for, the, the ways of life that we aspire to in this moment, we're seeing some of that begin to call us into a new way of being. Um, some of us are discovering a slowness and a simplicity of life that we didn't know before, and, and we kind of like it. Some of us are discovering just how meaningful and valuable and important those relationships are that we neglected when life was fast and complex, and we're leaning into those. Um, for me, I'm enjoying leaning into being present to my family in new ways, watching movies with my kids, playing games with my kids, going for walks with my wife, just being present in ways that the busyness of always being out, now that that's gone, has afforded us to experience. I think some of us are seeing virtues emerge that we didn't expect, whether that's discipline spiritually or with your diet or with your physical fitness or 
to do reading or something else, you've discovered that you're actually more disciplined and committed than you thought you were. Maybe some of you are discovering you're more encouraging than you thought you were, or you're more of a a caregiver than you thought you were as you reach out to people that you love just to make sure that they're safe and okay. I'm watching my own wife lean into joy and celebration as she's trying to make sure that even in this season, our home will be filled with laughter in brand new ways, and it's beautiful. And in all of it, I think what we're discovering, both by the things we wish we weren't, but we are, and both by the things we wish we were, but we're not yet, we're discovering that the MRI of our heart is showing us that we're not yet the people we wish we were. We're discovering the truth of Romans chapter 7, where it says, I don't know what I'm doing. Another translation says, I don't understand myself because I don't do what I want to do. Instead, I do the thing that I hate. I'm caught in this trap where my heart desires to be a certain kind of person. And, I, and what I'm discovering is that I don't have the capacity in me to be the person I long to become. And no amount of trying will enable me to do it. We, we have, this week I was kind of calling it spiritual Mackie Sasser disease. I don't know if you remember or know who Mackie Sasser is. He was a major league baseball player. He played catcher. And one day in the middle of a game, he forgot how to throw a baseball. Caught a pitch, stood up, went to throw it back to the pitcher like he'd done a million times in his life. And he just bounced the ball right in front of him and it rolled to the mound. And he thought, that's weird. Why couldn't I throw the ball back to the pitcher? He crouched down, he caught the next pitch. And he thought, okay, Mackie, pay more attention this time. Throw the ball to the pitcher. And he wound up and he threw to the ball to the second baseman. And he crouched down a third time. Now he's panicked. He catches the ball and he thinks, I'm going to try really hard. I'm going to focus and concentrate. Okay, stand up, turn your body, point your glove, arm back, follow through. And he threw the ball into center field. He forgot how to throw a baseball. And the harder he tried and the more he concentrated, the worse it got. It ended his career. And this is the situation we find ourselves in spiritually. We're not the people that we want to be. We long to be this thing that we aren't. And no matter how hard we try, it doesn't get better. In fact, sometimes it gets worse. And see, this is actually at the heart of the good news of Easter because Easter is the moment where God steps in and says, no, 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 let me do for you what you can't do for yourself. Let me fix that heart of yours. In Ezekiel 36, God says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. God says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take that heart out of you, the one that doesn't work the way you want it to, the way I want it to, God says. And instead, I'm going to put a new heart in you, a soft and tender heart that is the kind of heart you always wanted, that works in the way that you always wanted. I'm going to do this spiritual transplant and give you a heart that is full of wisdom and passion to act in ways that are filled with the goodness, truth, and beauty of love. I'm going to give you a heart that's full of creativity and joy. I'm going to give you a heart that 
longs to give itself away to other people. I'm going to give you a heart that desires to be united with each other in love. In other words, I'm going to give you a heart that will help you become the person that you always wanted to be fully you. As one writer said, we have forgotten who we truly are as children of God, and it is only God who can help us remember who we are. That's what God did at Easter, because as it turns out, that for God to take out our old heart and to give us a new heart actually demands a resurrection. In the very next chapter, God takes the prophet Ezekiel and he gives him this vision of a vast valley that is strewn about with the bones of dead bodies. It's like a battlefield where the dead are, were left for decades or centuries and all that remains are the bones scattered about the valley. And God says to Ezekiel, can these bones live again? And Ezekiel says, only you know, God. And God says, I want you to command the bones, preach to the bones and tell them to reassemble. And Ezekiel in this vision preaches to the bones and he says, there's a rattling sound and they begin to come together again into the form of human skeletons and they're covered with muscles and, and sinew and tissue and skin and they become human bodies again. But he says there were no life in the bodies. And so God says, I want you to preach to the, to the breath. Now you have to know this was written in Hebrew. And in Hebrew, the word breath and the word spirit are the same word. When God says what I just read, I will put my spirit in you and move you to obey my commands. That's the same. I put my breath in you. I will put my life in you and you will be compelled to become a person whose life looks like me. God says to Ezekiel, I want you to preach to the spirit breath of life and tell it to come. And Ezekiel tells the spirit breath of life to come and it blows and it breathes into these bodies. And in this vision, these, these corpses, these dead and lifeless corpses stand up and spring to life a vast congregation of humanity that's fully alive. And then God interprets the vision for Ezekiel. And he says, this is what I'm going to do for you. It says in verse 13 and 14 of chapter 37, then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord God when I open your graves and bring you up from them. In other words, he's speaking metaphorically. I'm going to bring you back to life again spiritually. And I'll put my spirit breath of life in you. And then you will really live. God says, Metaphorically, he says that spiritually on our own, we're dead. Just fully incapable of becoming the kind of people that we want to be, the kind of people we long to be, that we know we ought to be, that we were created to be fully human and fully ourselves, full of the goodness, truth, and beauty of love. He says your hearts don't have the ability to do that because they're dead spiritually. He says, but I'm going to breathe the spiritual breath of life in you and you will inhale my life and it will fill you and you will finally become fully human. You will finally become fully yourself, fully the person you were created to be. We celebrate this at Easter because it turns out that the resurrection that we experience to make us fully alive is rooted in the resurrection 
of Jesus. Reflecting on Easter in Romans chapter 5, the apostle Paul writes this, when we were at our worst, we were put on friendly terms with God by the sacrificial death of his son, Jesus. Now that we're at our best, just think of how our lives will expand and deepen by means of his resurrection life. Paul is writing about both halves of the Easter experience. At first, he talks about what we celebrated two days ago on Good Friday. He says, while we were at our worst, Jesus came and entered into our human experience. He became fully human, though, like Jeff said, without sin. One writer said, he showed us the face of a human being fully alive with the life of God in love. Jesus showed us what it means to be a fully human being. And he did it ultimately in offering his life for us on the cross, dying in our place. It is the death of Jesus, the apostle Paul says, that puts us right with God, that reconciles us in relationship to God, that makes us friends of God. But, Paul says, it doesn't stop there. Jesus died that we might be made right with God, but Jesus was raised from the dead so that we could experience Jesus' resurrection life in us. The resurrection of Jesus on Easter Sunday morning 2,000 years ago, after he died on the cross, was God's way of pointing to the life of Jesus and saying, yes, just like that. That is exactly what a fully human life looks like. If you want to know what it looks like to really live, take a look at Jesus. But it was more than that. It was more than God's stamp of approval on Jesus' life. The resurrection of Jesus was God's way of giving that life to us as a gift. God's way of saying, now that I've raised Jesus from the dead, his resurrection life is available to you for you to be raised from the dead, for you to be, to have that heart of stone removed and replaced with the soft, tender heart of flesh, to have your life filled with the spirit breath of the life of God. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, those who respond to God in faith can have their own lives filled with the life of Jesus so that we can now do what Jesus did, go and live lives of love that generate hope in our world that we could be different kinds of people, that our world could be a different kind of place. That's what this moment is about. Jesus dying to set us right with God and then being raised from the dead so that our lives could be filled with the spirit breath of God, could become beacons, could become sources of love and beacons of hope for the world so that we could have the heart of stone removed and replaced with the heart of flesh and become fully human, fully ourselves, with lives full of the goodness, truth, and beauty of love that comes from God. Somebody sent me this quote recently. 
about this moment that we're living through. And it says this, and the people stayed home and read books and listened and rested and exercised and made art and played games and learned new ways of being and were still. And they listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced, some met their shadows. And the people began to think differently and the people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless, and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and to heal the earth fully as they had been healed. It's a beautiful picture, a picture that gives hope to a new way of being. If we could find a way to be healed, find a new way to live as people, to live together in community, to live as a human family, to live on this planet, to live in a way that breathes life. And it's this beautiful um hope-giving vision of what if this was the moment where all of this could be realized. And maybe this is the moment. But it won't be because of a pandemic and it won't be because of self-isolation and it won't be because we stayed home and read books and listened and rested. We may do those things in new ways. But if we find new ways of being human, fully human, fully alive, and full of the goodness, truth, and beauty of love, it will be because we, in faith, have opened ourselves up to the spirit breath of the life of God that is ours because Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead and gives us the opportunity to no longer be dead, but to be raised to life. Jesus at Easter joined us in our death so that we could join him in his resurrection life. May we be people who open our arms and our hearts and our souls and our lives to that life in faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus for the gift of being made right with you because of the cross and for the gift of being made new because of the resurrection of Jesus that breathes the resurrection spirit breath of the life of God into our souls. Would you make us people who have enough faith to embrace the life and death and resurrection of Jesus as the resurrection that can bring new life to our dead hearts and to make us fully human, fully alive, truly ourselves because of what you've done in the death and resurrection of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.